Hi, this is Zdeněk speaking. This is not a telephone uh, conversation with you. It's uh, this kind of a state-of-the-art or cutting-edge technology device uh, called Dictaphone, which I am using now. It's a recorder, Sony recorder, and I'm using it to record my voice, obviously. And the the overall aim is to talk to you through the medium of the podcast. Now, I may have uh, said this uh, in a slightly overcomplicated way. I think most of you already know that you are... Ris- uh, <coughs> excuse me. Most of you already know that you're listening to Zdenek's English Podcast, and this is yet another episode. And this edition is special for one reason. It's because I'm going to be telling you about my diploma thesis, about the master's thesis I did, I wrote about five years ago. But before I get to it, I need to tell you, I mean, I don't need to tell you, I'm not obliged to tell you by any means, by no stretch of imagination. This is my free will, because I'm a free Uh, I'm a free person living in democratic society. And uh, yeah, basically, how are you listeners? How have you been? What have you been doing? What have you been up to? Any kind of mischief? Well, let me tell you what I have been up to. My school year has started. I think it's September already, isn't it? It's the end of September, actually, so... It has been going on for more than four weeks already. And I've got a new job. It's a temporary job. Uh, my contract is limited. Now I'm working for a hotel school and I'm a teacher there. I'm teaching future hotel school managers. And I've got quite a lot of work there to do, quite a lot of lessons. And basically I'm only filling in for... Um, for a teacher who is coming back from the maternity leave, which means she was pregnant before, she had some kids, and now the kids are um, old enough to go to the nursery school and she can start working. And because uh, this school needed someone uh, to substitute for this teacher on the maternity leave, and I also happened to, I also happened to need a vacancy like this. Um, we kind of came to an agreement that I would take this job and I'm teaching hotel schools students a very interesting job to be honest with you they are from about 15 to 17 year old which is quite uh, an interesting group of students to teach I mean they're teenagers so you might think this is tough it can be tough in a way but if you know how to handle them it can be very rewarding and satisfying and interesting experience And this is exactly how I'm trying to approach this and go about this. Obviously, uh, I've had experience with teaching different levels and different um, age groups. And this one seems to be kind of, how to say that? Well, tailored to my, it it seems to be tailored to my kind of preferences. Um, I I seem to have a lot of common ground with the students. Uh, I mean, my brain sometimes... uh, 
as you know, is a little bit crazy and a brain of a teenager is always crazy. So we have a lot of common ground and overlaps and I think we are we are having a lot of fun. And at the same time, I'm trying to teach the students something. I'm trying to motivate them to, to uh, learn English because not all of them were motivated or had been motivated before I started teaching them. So hopefully now they are more motivated. Um, they don't know about the podcast yet, but I'm gonna tell them right before I leave the school. I'm gonna tell them obviously because I can't let this opportunity to attract more listeners to the podcast slip through my fingers. Can I? No, I can't. But the consequence of me having this new job is that I am a bit snowed under. I am a bit swamped with work. Because I have to prepare a lot of tests and do a lot of marking and basically plan the lessons because I, I want to uh, leave good impression, of course. So um, I'm doing this in a responsible way. But uh, the, there are some side effects or how to say that there are some uh, negative things about this. And that is uh, the fact that I'm quite tired, especially... Uh, in comparison with uh, my summer, which was less busy, and I had a lot of free time basically, and now it came as a bit of a shock or, or, or huge change for me basically, huge transformation of my time, and I struggle a bit to be honest with you. I struggle to keep up with the podcast. You may have noticed this, that recently my... Um, um, the the time between the episodes which I which I publish have rapidly been shr uh, not shrinking quite the opposite have been um, extending you know I'm I'm trying to do something about it right now because it's Saturday Saturday morning I have a day off and I'm recording this one uh, in order to kind of patch or fix fix uh, what um, you basically what you're waiting for right the the new episodes i'm i'm trying to fix this i'm trying to do something about it and hopefully i'm not failing well it's up to you to judge this it's up to you to evaluate and assess how i've been doing so far and how interesting this episode is going to be only time will show but um for now um I need to tell you that I also started playing football, so I'm playing football again, um, which uh, obviously is a good thing. I'm also playing Dota again, which is a bad thing. Unfortunately, um, I got depressed once and uh, sadly I relapsed. You know when you uh, take a drug and you, you start having the withdrawal syndromes, you know? I haven't taken this drug for three months, guys. I've been so strong. But anyway, uh, in the end, I succumbed. I, uh, I, um, I just couldn't resist uh, the temptation and I started playing Dota again. And now it's going to be very, very hard to convince myself, uh, to talk myself into giving this up again. Uh, I don't know what must happen to me to 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 be to be able to do this again but for now i'm playing dota and football so it's it's a bit absurd and it's just kind of unbelievable that now that i don't have any time at all 
I started playing Dota and football. Anyway, let's get back to football. I was persuaded by my teammates to give it another go, to give it another try. And I've played about six games and I did quite well. I scored one goal and my overall performance, except one game, I was quite happy with. And the manager also praised me. So um, it seems like I'm in manager's favor this time. Uh, as opposed to the previous one, uh, who just simply wasn't on the same wavelength as I was, to put it um, in a bit of an understatement. Uh, so now I have been playing and my position is right winger, which is an interesting position. Uh, I wish I was younger, of course. Uh, I wish I could run faster. But um, I've got some experience, so I can cover that part of the field well, I think, and um, contribute to to the team spirit. I will see where this is going to take me in the future. Again, only future will show if this was a good decision or bad. Uh, anyway, there is a negative side to it. I mean, it's always like this, that every cloud has a sil silver lining and... Uh, and vice versa. I mean, you, you cannot, you cannot only have good things or bad things. There is always, it's yeah, it's like Ying, the Chinese philosophy. There is good and there is bad. So um, Ying, is it called Ying? Maybe I'm wrong. Ying Chang, Chang Chang. Now I'm not talking Chinese on my podcast because I can't speak it and I don't want to insult and offend any Chinese people because obviously I hold them in high regard, I respect them fully and um, this is something I can't afford on the podcast which is supposed to be open-minded and broad-minded and against bigotry and all that kind of thing. Alright, so um, yeah, anyway, I don't go to the gym so much which is something I'm not proud of. And it's because, as I said, I don't have so much time for it. And now that I'm playing football, I, I go to the trainings and I get physically rather knackered. So um, I don't have the morale to go to the gym. I, I go there about twice a week, which is not enough. It's something, but I should, I should go there more. As a result, I became weak and feeble and fragile. And I don't like that at all. But that's... The only thing I can basically do about it, not to like it. Well, I am single again now. This is a piece of news for those of you who didn't have an update on my relationship status. So I had a couple of girlfriends uh, earlier this year. Some of them for a longer time. Some of them were not really my girlfriends, but uh, maybe maybe we could call them friends with benefits. But it all went... Um, a bit astray or it didn't end well as it happens often with the relationships don't get me wrong i don't want to sound as a as a pessimist but i guess i am a bit in this kind of regard uh, um yeah but anyway uh, love is blind and i don't plan to date anyone at this moment but uh, you never know life is like a box of chocolate you never know what you're gonna get as the as um, Forrest from Forrest Gump says. Okay, about the podcast, um, about this podcast, my intention was initially to publish, <coughs> excuse me, 
<coughs> what is going on now? Ah, I haven't done this for a long time. I think it had to come one day, eventually, sooner or later. I was coughing. When somebody does something like this, like coughing or sneezing or whatever this was, you should say the phrase, bless you, in English. So, I don't know how much I can say this to myself. Bless me. I don't think it sounds very natural to say to yourself. Uh, it sounds rather silly. Uh, any form of talking to oneself may sound silly, uh, which includes uh, talking to the electronic device when you are alone in your room and um, you're recording a podcast. So about this podcast, my initially my initial intention was to to publish at least one episode a week. Now, I realized, especially uh, when this school year started, that I can't really keep this up. So, uh, last time I published an episode was about 14 days ago, and now I'm publishing another one. So, let's hope you will have to wait from 7 to 14 days for, for a new podcast episode, something like that. If I can't keep it up, just don't be mad at me. Please bear with me and uh, try to understand that this doesn't give me any money. I don't sell the podcast. It's I'm doing this for free, as you know, and I must earn some money to get by, to make the ends meet. And yeah, so I need to, to do my job first and foremost. And secondly, I can devote some time and can spend some time uh, playing football and doing the podcast and things like that, doing my hobbies, basically. But anyway, I still have got a couple of episodes in the pipeline, so you may expect that uh, I will publish a few more soon. Uh, there is one with my friend Monica from England. Uh, this is the last interview I did in England. You know Monica, the, the future manager. Well, she became the manager now, and she's doing quite well. So I'm going to publish you uh, one episode uh, uh, with Monica soon. And um, I expect that you enjoy this one. So, by the way, what did you think of the episode with uh, Kevin? What What was your take on it? How did you enjoy a native speaker on the podcast? I was very proud of myself that I managed to convince uh, Kevin to record this episode and also I was proud of myself because I think I did quite well, which is something I don't usually say on the podcast, as you know. I don't usually praise myself. I often put myself down and uh, I beat myself up over the mistakes I make and over the way I uh, handled the, the interview with my idol Luke. You remember that? But this time I think I really did a good job and I hope I'll be able to keep this up and uh, pick up where I left off with Kevin. We'll see where it takes me. Again, the time will show. I, I seem to be using this phrase all over again. Hopefully I won't keep overloading you with this phrase anymore. But you never know with me because life is like a box of... No, I'm not gonna go into this again. It's not funny anymore. Okay, so a few more people offered me a Skype interview, as you know, so I expect some interesting podcast appearances soon. I might Skype some of them. Now, you know about this uh, competition uh, I featured in Luke's English podcast, again with my comment about the competition in which I kind of withdrew, or let's say I 
refrained from um, posting my regular competition entry because I thought I would because I thought people would be fed up with me already uh, as I have uh, featured on Luke's podcast uh, many times and uh, I think it was time to give it was time to step back and give opportunity to different people and this is exactly what I did but Luke is a stubborn man and despite this he it wasn't really against my will but Uh, despite this intention of mine not to feature on the podcast, uh, he came up with my comment, which is uh, cool. I, I think it is cool and it's very nice of Luke, uh, uh, especially saying that he thought that I had to be there. I must have been on his podcast. Otherwise, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be uh, kind of complete because he needed to have my voice there, right? How does this feel? Uh, obviously... I'm over the moon about this. Um, okay, so, yeah. Mm, I still want to go to England next year. Uh, I mean, this is an important, important goal of mine. This is an important aim and something that kind of got me started in summer because sometimes I struggle with my goals. I need to set myself new challenges in order to move forward in order to take my English to another level and uh, also my professional professional kind of life, my career. Um, I think I'm kind of a little bit uh, career-based person. I don't know what it says about me. Uh, I must have disappointed a lot of potential girlfriends and wives uh, by saying this. I'm sorry, it's just This is me. I'm not a family person, I think. Well, you never know. Yeah, I can't I can't uh, rule out the possibility that one day I'll get married. But for now, it's like the way it is and I'm happy with it. So I'm concentrating on different stuff than uh, children in my mind. And some people may say, come on, you are already 31. It's time for you to settle down, get married have some children, but hey, uh, I'm living in a free world. It's up to me what I do with my life, isn't it? No one is uh, going to change this. Okay, so I need to take this step out of my comfort zone to, to take my English to another level and go to England. This is the only way to do this, or possibly to another English-speaking country or to another country where I can speak English only. And for this, I need to pass the CELTA exam, I think. That's the, the, the aim I set to myself. And I can do this in Prague. So I suppose that I will do this sometime in June or July. And then, hopefully, uh, at the end of the summer or, or at the end of the summer holiday, I might be able to go to England and give it a shot. Now... This is going to be risky because I don't really have any contacts here apart from my friends, which are obviously great contacts, but I mean, uh, career-wise, I don't know any English teachers there who might kind of put in a word for me, which could could help uh, ease, ease the pain of looking for a job, which is always arduous and complicated and Uh, uh, it can get very stressful, especially since I'm not a native speaker and since I kind of lost track of the way things are run in London 
and it's not it's not easy right and i'm sometimes a little bit doubting myself not professionally wise but uh, as far as the as my character is concerned am i strong enough are my nerves of steel and will i be able to handle the pressure of looking for a job being refused uh, at job interviews and stuff like that well i hope i will and i've got a lot of friends uh, who support me on my journey but and i think i there is a lot i can give to uh, students of english as a foreign language even as a non-native speaker teaching english in england which is a bit provocative in itself isn't it i still think i can do it um but uh, as i said uh, sometimes i have uh, restless nights i can't sleep because i keep thinking about how i'm going to do this and um uh, i've been through some bad things in my life already i've had a lot of experience uh, so i think i have to give it a go and then i will bounce from this in any direction it will take me i might have to go to another country where uh, my kind of services could be more appreciated as a non native speaker we will see we will see what happens but uh, ideally i will end up in england london te- uh, as a, as a tefl teacher teaching english to students who are studying or who are learning english as a second language so yeah I don't really care about money. I well, all I care about is that I somehow managed to make the ends meet to get by and earn enough money to to keep me going and I am sure I'm certain that by doing so uh it won't take me long before I uh, before I level up in English and uh, uh my character will get stronger and and I'll just broaden broaden my horizon develop my english language skills uh, spring myself towards the proficiency level which is the ultimate goal and this is not going to be done easily it will take some effort it will probably grow me gray hair right so that's that's about me that's about uh, my thoughts what i have been up to and and this kind of thing now let me talk about my diploma paper i promised that i would talk about my diploma paper uh, about the master's thesis which i wrote this is something you have to write in order to get the master's degree at a university in the czech republic and i believe this is the same in any other country and it's it's never easy because it's like you publishing work you you are not a writer of course uh, you're a student and suddenly you have to become one i mean before you had just uh, written several essays and just short short uh, assignments but this time it is it is really huge it's master's thesis it has to have it has to follow some principles and rules and uh it has to be academic language you need to keep some structure you need you need to stick to rigid vocabulary and uh, there, there is uh, you know there are a lot of things 
that you need to keep in mind and a lot of things that you learn as you go um, um, in the process because you obviously don't know how to do this. You learn it as you go and you have some people who help you. Like the, You have like a teacher who helps you with this. But uh, most of it is obviously up to you. It's your responsibility. So I hope um, this will be interesting for you. Now, the way I wrote my master's thesis is um, interesting because I wrote it on the topic of football, namely the subject of uh, British TV football commentaries. What I was doing was that I was analyzing their language, uh, uh, like I was um, doing the linguistic research. And why did I choose this topic? Well, it was because it was kind of smart from me. I wanted to merge uh, my interest, my hobby, which has been football ever since I, I was a little boy. And I wanted to kind of connect it or link it with the learning process, with, with this duty I had to uh, fulfill, with the assignment I had to do, which is something that everybody hates, but needs to be done. So this is something you, you, can, you can do too, and it can inspire you. If you have a hobby and you're learning a foreign language, why don't you learn the foreign language by doing your hobby, right? This is easy. Just uh, try to connect with the people of, uh, of the similar interest. Become part of a community where people speak English or something like that. And by doing so, you kill two birds with one stone, right? So to make uh, this, for me, otherwise painful process of writing the diploma thesis, which takes a lot of time, um, along with the preparation and the research and uh, reading the books and writing the theory uh, and proofreading and all that, takes a lot of time and it really hurts, it's painful. So I, I, my idea was that I would make it more enjoyable for me by at least choosing a subject which could be interesting for me. So that's how I did it. And I just realized it may be a bit boring for you that you will hear me talking about basically academic English linguistics. Um, might be a bit tedious. Uh, obviously, linguistics is a study of the language. So uh, I'm going to be looking at the linguistics uh, in of uh, the language of English. And uh, obviously, linguistics has a lot of subdisciplines like morphology, uh, syntax, phonology, phonetics, and uh, stylistics, semantics. Um, I might have forgotten about some. Uh, but anyway, uh, I was looking at uh, syntax, morphology, and a little bit uh, at the sem semantics as well. So that was my kind of uh, field, right? Uh, so... So how am I going to introduce you to the, to the leather-bound work, which I have now in front of me, which is about uh, three and a half years old. It has 112 pages. It was assigned to me on the 30th of April 2009. And I, submitted, I, I was supposed to submit it by the 31st of March 2011. And I think I submitted it only one day before the deadline, something like that, which is something uh, most students normally do. So it wasn't really out of ordinary. 
So how am, am I going to introduce this? Well, um, I, w- I think I will just read you uh, some parts just to sort of give you an idea because uh, I don't really remember myself what I wrote about to be uh, fully able to explain everything. I'll just give you a chance to enjoy um, me reading about the stuff I wrote earlier. Just might be interesting uh, to hear some academic English, which is something I don't normally do on this podcast. So uh, I'm, I will read uh, the introduction of this paper. Then I will have a look at some selected chapters uh, of my research uh, to give you the idea of uh, what I had to do. And then at the end, I'll read you the summary of it. How is that for you? Uh, do you agree? Do you think uh, th- this this could be interesting idea for the podcast? Well, if you don't, um, I'm afraid you can't really do anything about it because I've made my decision and I'm not going to take it back just because someone of you wants to. So that was a nice thing to say, was it? It was a bit rude from me, a bit impolite, but um, again... This is my podcast and I will do what I want. So, let's get down to business. Okay, so, Master's Thesis, Zdeněk Lukáš, that's my name, 2011, University of Pardubice, Faculty of Arts and Philosophy. The Czech Republic. Um, The name or the heading of my thesis is... Characteristic features of terms in English football TV commentaries. Maybe it sounds a bit Greek to you. Uh, not because it's so long and, and uh, Greek names are so long often. But because when, when we say in English that something sounds or is Greek to someone, it means uh, you don't fully understand it. Uh, you are not in your element, so to speak. And it's interesting that in different languages they have different idioms about this. Uh, for example, we say that if we don't understand something at all, we in our language say that it's a it's a Spanish village for us. A Spanish village. Sounds interesting, right? But uh, in English they say it's all Greek to me. So I hope uh, some listeners from, Gre- from Greece are listening. And uh, I'm saying hi to them. How are you? You doing all right in Greece? So what's the weather like there? I would love to be in Greece now because it's getting colder and colder and the um, days are getting shorter and shorter here and it's a bit depressing. Well, I got sidetracked a bit. I'm sorry. I need to talk about my diploma thesis. So first, you want to hear the introduction. Right, so the introduction is right here. Okay, right, so this is author author reading from my uh, diploma thesis, and I'm gonna read this out to you now. Introduction. This thesis is dedicated to the study of character... <clears throat> Maybe I'll, I'll start over. This thesis is dedicated to the study of characteristic features of terms in English football TV commentaries. 
The main objective is to identify the terms and longer lexical units appearing in the authentic material of transcribed English football TV commentary extracts, to determine their characteristic features, especially the form, word class and syntactical function, and finally attempt to describe the prevailing tendencies in this register. The paper is divided into the theoretic and practical part. The theoretical part focuses on consulting the literature connected with the topic and confronts it with various assumptions which arise regarding this topic. It attempts to create and justify a terminology concept which is to be applied in the practical part. Chapter 2 introduces uh, to the topic of football terminology. Chapter 3 deals with the description of morphological and syntactical features which will be used to discern the terms. Finally, Chapter 4 concentrates on finding relevant linguistic criteria which would aid to distinguish the explored multi-word items. The practical part is dominated by the analysis. The overall aim is to scrutinize the corpus of football commentaries. The analysis is done quantitatively as well as qualitatively. The explored items are identified, divided into groups according to relevant criteria and assessed as regards their frequencies. The analysis is carried out in accordance with the theoretical framework formed in the first half of the paper. The interpretations of the results seek to confront the assumptions made throughout the theoretical part and arrive at generalized conclusions which would best elucidate the use of terms and longer lexical expressions appearing in football commentaries. The examples used to illustrate the characteristic features of terms and multi-word items in the practical part are all authentic words and phrases gained from the long-term empirical observation, uh, observation. The appendix contains the corpus with highlighted determined units, additional tables with identified items and supplementary theoretical topics. Well, okay. I don't know how much you understand from this, but I'm rather, uh, I, I'm rather, it's rather striking for me the way I wrote this essay. It sounds so complex and so hard to follow, even for myself. But, you know, I was an inexperienced lad back then. So this was the introduction, right? Now let me find you. Uh, part of my research just to give you an idea what I was writing about okay let's do this one 5.6 analysis of idioms and phrases based on the theoretical part of this paper the items which were su suspected of behaving similarly to idioms or phrases 47 units were collected see appendix number 2 and examined according to the criteria suggested in the theoretical part those units which do not meet the criteria are deemed questionable. This chapter examines selected idioms and phrases in a greater detail. These multi-word items are of miscellaneous structure and form which is not easily organizable as opposed to the units in the previous chapters. Besides, in case of cliches, the items reach beyond the clause level.
This is why the cliches are allotted one individual subchapter, and a standalone subchapter about phrasal verbs is also included to follow the pattern suggested in theory. Analysis of selected idioms and phrases. The chosen units, which are to serve as paradigms for identification of idioms and phrases, are takes no chances, 78, and into the back of the net, 29. Both multi-word items will be examined together for a comparison. Into the back of the net is a phrase which is for football terminology considerably characteristic. Levin dedicates a large space in his study to high-frequency phrases in football reporting. To hit the back of the net, which is a variation of into the back of the net, is his chief model on which he exemplifies his findings. For his study, see page 143 in the Linguistics of Football. The phrase into the back of the net is solely used in, in the code of football or possibly other goal sports. The definition from the glossary of football words and expressions reads as follows. A goal as a ball uh, which goes into the goal is usually trapped at the back of the net until it is picked up. Case 2010. On the other hand, the idiom takes no chances is often used in general language communication. For instance, Longman Dictionary of Contemporary English includes the idiom to take a chance with the definition to do something that involves risks. 2006, page 243. This phrase is also very common for football jargon. If the commentator uses it, he very often refers to a defender who, being under pressure, kicks the ball behind the line to safety. It can be concluded that both examined items are of the terminological character. Both phrases can also be exposed to a scrutiny from Berkema's point of view of multidimensional model. Regarding the collocability, the back of the net is more or less closed for collocations at least in football jargon. In the same way, the idiom takes no chances is in this sense typically closed for collocations. As far as the compositionality is concerned, into the back of the net, although based on metonymy, is reasonably decomposable, unlike takes no chances, which is somewhat idiomatic. Words take and chances have simply slightly different meaning if used in isolation. The meaning of the unit thus cannot be deducted from its parts. Takes no chances is a typical idiom. Inflexible because, for example, takes no chance is not possible. Into the back of the net is also not very flexible. The analysis of idioms and phrases appearing in the corpus uses a simplified model. For further information about the criteria used in the model, see Appendix 2. The terminological potential of both units was already commented upon. The second figure of idiomacity can be easily deducted from the analysis. The terminological potential of both units was already commented upon. The second figure of idiomacity can be easily deducted from the analysis based of Berkema's model. Takes no chances can be marked as idiomatic, whereas into the back of the net has to be tagged as a borderline case because the item does not fulfill all the necessary preconditions to be declared an idiom in its typical sense of understanding. The last criterion which is examined is the extent to which the unit 
the unit is fixed in accordance with the previously suggested continuum of fixedness. See figure 4 again. This again can be inferred from Berkema's model, namely it follows the concept of the flexibility. Into the back of the net is highly fixed, similarly like takes no chances. In conclusion, takes no chances can be labeled as an idiom with its traditional sense but might be questioned for its terminological value. Into the back of the net is on the other hand a typical phrase which exemplifies formulaic language in the football terminology. Right. Okay, very exhausting. Hold on. I think um, it's time... <coughs> I'm sorry. I think it's time I read you the, the, the summary and then just I will just wrap it up because I am so exhausted already. I have been recording this podcast for more than 40 minutes and it's enough, it's enough, I think. Uh, I wonder how you find this. I wonder if you can see any value in it at all. Well, the idea of this was not to educate you on, on linguistics. It was just to kind of show you the way uh, this can be done, to, to go about learning a foreign language. Just, just try to merge it with, just try to connect it with your hobby, with your interest. And then um, you kill two birds with one stone and it can get more interesting for you. I think you, you see my point, okay? So, let me find the summary or, well, it's called conclusion. So, let's go for it. To conclude this paper... Based on the considerable number of identified units, it was proved that terminology of football constitutes an essential building block of football commentary code. Strictly speaking, the terminology is the most distinct stylistic feature of this register. Semantically, the terms traditionally label the positions of players, types of movement, football rules and components of the pitch. The best evidence of the terminological character of terms was if they were included in dictionaries and special glossaries. Regarding the characteristic feature, the vast majority of the terms which were decided to be individually categorized for their word classes were proved to be nouns and verbs. The nouns most frequently occurred in the function of subject complement and as modifiers in prepositional phrases. The abundant subject complement function of terms, often in elliptical structures of the subject and linking verb to be, above all, serves as a dynamic tool to describe the game situations. The high occurrence of modifiers in prepositional phrases was accounted for the fact that prepositional phrases most often function as adverbials, above all adjuncts of place, of which the commentators necessarily make use when describing the position, direction and movement of players and the ball during every football game. A substantial quantity of verbal single word items, phrase, phrasal verbs, were also detected. It was explained they serve as a tool to depict the action happening on the pitch which is one of the most important duties of the football commentator. Besides, a considerable number of terms appeared in, in collocations which usually held a pair of syntactical functions of a transitive verb and its object. The hat and its modifier inside prepositional phrase and a verb and adverbial, adverbial of places. 
The result again follows uh, the same pattern of interpretation which is uh, the necessity of commentators to depict the action and place of happening. The formulaic language which encompasses larger lexical units such as collocations but also idioms and phrases was proved to be of great significance. On the, uh, on the discussed examples it was concluded that such expressions definitely help the fluency and enrich the overall performance of football TV commentaries. Finally, it must be highlighted that to arrive at more precise conclusions, an in-depth analysis concentrating on each type examined items thoroughly would have to be carried out. The richness of football code is undoubtedly interesting for linguistics as it offers the abundance of opportunities for varied research. The further research might, for instance, focus on the exploration of the semantic relations among individual terms, as well as on figures of speech used in football commentaries. Furthermore, the complex scrutiny of the concept of offside would be interesting, and lastly, in-depth research into cliches and other fixed expressions could also bring beneficial linguistic results. Okay. Okay, I'm I'm not I'm not sure what this was about. Were you getting lost as I was? Did you understand at least the main gist? Did you get the general message what I was writing about? I hope you did. I hope you found found this interesting. If you didn't get some of the vocabulary that I was using, don't worry about it. Sometimes I struggled with pronunciation, so I may have mispronounced some words. Just forgive me if I did. And, you know, just take this with a bit of pinch of salt, you know. I'm not going to apologize anymore. In fact, I'm proud of writing this thesis. And this is my only book I've written ever in my life. And it's great stuff. It's, you know, um, it's about football. And I've put a lot of work into it. And it helped me get the degree. So, um, it's... You know, it's something I have to be proud of. And on this note, let me end this episode of the podcast. Yeah, basically, I'm done here. Uh, I'm saying bye, bye, bye.